Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 26th of November. Forensic specialists say they will start searching for the bodies of missing Victorian campers Russell Hill and Carol Clay after a man was charged overnight with their murders. 55-year-old Gregory Lynn was arrested earlier this week and will face court this morning. Here's Victoria Police Assistant Commissioner Bob Hill. While this arrest is testament to months of dedication and tireless work by the missing person squad detectives, the investigation is far from over. While we know, or while we now have the opportunity to put this matter before the court, our efforts to locate the remains of Russell and Carol will continue. More COVID restrictions will be eased for millions of residents in New South Wales just in time for Christmas. From the 15th of December, or when the state hits the 95% double vaccinated target, masks will be phased out in places like supermarkets, density limits will be scrapped and QR code check-ins will be scaled back. Masks will only be needed in high-risk settings like public transport and planes. And from next Monday, schools will no longer need to close when there's a COVID case, while students won't have to self-isolate when they're exposed to the virus. Here is New South Wales Education Minister Sarah Mitchell. So instead of being out of school for 7 or 14 days, students will be able to return as soon as they get a negative PCR test. They will have to take a rapid antigen home test every day for the 7 days after that. But what it effectively means is that our students will be back in the classroom almost immediately after being a close contact. It's much better for them and it's much better for their families. Meantime, epidemiologists are warning three new local COVID cases recorded in South Australia yesterday are an indication of what's ahead now the border has reopened. Professor Adrian Esterman says the health system has been preparing for more COVID cases. The modelling shows that there's about a 25% chance of there being a bit of an outbreak. Hopefully that won't happen. What I'm hoping will happen is that numbers will keep coming but stay low and not go up to the extent where it does impact on the hospital system. There's international concern over a new COVID strain that's emerging overseas with an extremely high number of mutations. The strain was originally detected in Botswana but has now been found in South Africa and Hong Kong. Scientists say they're concerned the high number of spike mutations could mean this latest strain will be harder for existing vaccinations to combat. The Prime Minister has confirmed Australian troops will be deployed to the Solomon Islands as the Pacific Island nation faces a second day of rioting. Meantime, Scott Morrison has lashed out at the New South Wales ICAC over its investigation into Gladys Berejiklian. In a fiery debate in Parliament yesterday, Scott Morrison labelled the treatment of the former New South Wales Premier a disgrace, the corruption inquiry forcing Miss Berejiklian to quit the top job. The Australian people know that the pre- former Premier of New South Wales was done over, Mr Speaker, by a bad process, a bad process, Mr Speaker, and an abuse. Order. Now, Mr Speaker, I'm not going to have a kangaroo court taken the, into this parliament, The Mr. Prime Speaker. Minister will resume his I'm seat. Not- Liberal MP Bridget Archer crossed the floor to back growing calls for a federal integrity watchdog. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Victoria and the state has hit the 90% double vaccinated milestone with domestic travel permits now abolished. Our reporter Celeste Mitsu has this report from Melbourne. 
It's actually a major development, Tash. The government has abolished its traffic light system. Essentially, it means no more border bubbles and everyone, including the unvaxxed, is welcome back into the state. These permits were first introduced in January, well before we had a vaccine. In a bonus, international travellers who complete quarantine in another state will now also not require a permit. We're also moving to shut down some of our state-run vaccine hubs, with two to close by Sunday and a further three next week. It's hoped this will free up healthcare workers to return to our hospitals, which have been under strain with COVID patients. The number of people in ICU remains steady. As of yesterday, there were 48 and 31 of those are being ventilated. To New South Wales and Wee War in the state's northwest is set to be cut off by rising floodwaters as torrential rain continues to fall. The central west is also under threat with calls growing for the New South Wales government to declare the record-breaking floods a natural disaster. Our reporter, Sean Patterson, has the latest from country New South Wales. Well, it's no surprise, Tash, with about a dozen flood warnings now in place statewide as paddocks become inland seas. Among some of the hardest-hit areas, places like Gemalong and Kindobolan in the central west and Tamworth, Gunnedah and Narrabri in the north. Further west, the New South Wales-South Australia border is closed near Broken Hill due to flooding across the Barrier Highway. And it's not just the bush that's copping this deluge. Minor flooding is expected on Sydney's outskirts in the Hawkesbury-Nepean Valley from this afternoon. In the past 24 hours, the SES has received more than 240 requests for help, and that's despite its emergency hotline number crashing last night, blamed on a technical issue and the growing volume of calls. Now the latest in business and finance news. We're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Happy Black Friday. We're set to spend, this is incredible, a staggering $5 billion this weekend alone as we try to bag a bargain. Tash, good morning. Yes, happy Black Friday to you too. We're going to give the uh, the old plastic a very significant workout on and offline, apparently. As you say, $5.4 billion. I heard the uh, the old throwaway line of a million dollars a minute. I haven't done the maths myself, but we're going to spend a very, very large amount of money, largely probably on things we don't need. Uh, but if they're on special and if they're being thrown in our inboxes, we're probably going to buy it. Is the, is the theme this weekend. And Scott, are there really good bargains out there or is it just clever advertising? And secondly, how important Mm -hmm. is it to support our local small businesses? Because they've done it really tough and they can't afford to put on these massive discounts. Look, I think that's right. There's part of me that thinks, oh, these, you know, American imported traditions of Black Friday, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, these retailers have done it really tough, as you Mm. say, over the last year and a half or two years. And we probably can afford it. A lot of us have got money in their bank accounts because we've got JobKeeper or JobSeeker or we didn't go away or whatever. But they probably can do with a bit of a a hit. So I'm not complaining too much that we're going to go and spend some money with these guys. As you say, the local retailers, these are the ones who've, particularly the ones that have had their doors shut for a very, very long time. Some made the move online. They've done reasonably well. Others have really, really struggled because if you're not walking past, if you're not ducking in, if you're not already in the shopping centre or whatever, you've really missed out or they've missed out on the on the sale. So, yeah, you're right. Look, uh, the sales are reasonably genuine most of the time. The discounts most of the time are pretty good. Some are riding on the on the coattails, of course, are just the theme. But, yeah, if you can get out and spend a few bucks, as long as it's, you're doing it responsibly, I don't want people going into debt to do it. Uh, but if you do it responsibly, go and support a local retailer this weekend. Yeah, great advice. And they don't call Macquarie the millionaires. It should be the billionaires factory, shouldn't it, Scott? <laughs> just about, Stuart. So here's seven of the top Australian executives, seven of the top ten, 
So, you know, 70% of the top Australian executives under the CEO level, so think about chief marketing officers or tech officers or whatever, seven of the top 10 work for, yep, Macquarie. So, like, that's just like they call it the Millionaire's Factory for a very, very good reason. By the way, last year also, the country's chief financial officers, the head bean counters, got an average 50% pay rise so some of us are doing wow. it tough if you're uh, if you're if you're key executive at macquarie or you're a, a cfo for a public company you're doing okay you're, you're probably paying the bills this year it does really make you wonder when we're struggling for wage growth elsewhere in the economy uh if you're in finance you're doing it you do pretty well should have stuck with maths thanks so much scott <laughs> thanks to us Sport now with Brett Thomason. Brett, an experienced Aussie test star, has revealed he hasn't even been approached to apply for the captaincy, but he turned down the offer anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Nathan Lyon, who's on the verge of 400 test wickets. Pretty special achievement. Should get there in the first test at the Gabba, you would think. Now, Pat Cummins and Steve Smith have been interviewed by the selection panel to replace Tim Payne, but Lyon says uh, he was never approached. Uh, well, I didn't get the phone call, but to be honest with you, I, I would have said no. I'd rather keep the team song, have the beers and have the fun after it and, and not worry about everything else. But it's out of those two, and I think it'll be pretty exciting. Plenty of other cricket news about as well. Usman Khawaja made the selfless decision to force South Australia to bat again in the Sheffield Shield, denying him a chance to impress selectors, while Travis Head, his Redbacks rival, went on to score a century. Tim Payne fell for just a seven, batting for the Tassie's second 11, gets another crack in a one-day match today and in the WBBL the strikers have made it two from two storming into the uh, w, uh, WBBL decider thrashing the renegades by nine wickets last night Dane v- Dane Van Niekirk and Katie Mack made short work of the Gades total of just 83 runs reaching that target with nine overs in the bank the strikers touch meet the scorchers in the grand final and how good is Paddy Mills? He is incredible, Brett, at the moment. The Aussie basketball star continues to thrill this time in the NBA for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, plenty of thrills from Paddy Mills. Uh, he oh. is just on fire at the moment, draining another seven three-pointers among 23 points as Brooklyn beat Boston. He's actually second in the NBA for three-pointers. Steph Curry leads that, but pretty incredible considering Paddy plays off the bench. He insists, though, he's just capitalising on the good work of his teammates. Understanding what's needed from me, I think. Staying ready, being ready, and know the ball's going to come flying at me at some point, and I think staying aggressive. And another Aussie, Josh Giddy continues to impress, becoming just the third teenager in NBA history to rack up 100 assists and 100 rebounds in his first 20 games. OKC suffered a close loss to Utah. And it might be the off-season for our major football codes, Brett, but there's still plenty of AFL and NRL news around. Yeah, let's start at the AFL, second night of the draft last night. COVID scare before it with a staff member testing positive. That was uh, at a pub in Richmond, but apparently had little contact with anyone involved in the actual draft. And some more familiar names were snapped up as well. Jackson Archer, son of uh, North Melbourne legend Glenn, taken as a father-son recruit. Jace Burgoyne, the same at uh, Port Adelaide with the last pick in the draft. Tajwai Woden, whose dad won a Brownlow medal with the Demons. He is now off to uh, the reigning premiers as well. In the NRL, some recruiting news around this morning. The Bulldogs are stealing Reed Marnie off the Eels' hands. The Dolphins chasing him as well. The Tigers have knocked back Luciano Leilua's request for an early release from his contract, meaning he'll have to play out next season for them before he joins the Cowboys. Massive week in sport. You have a beautiful weekend. Thanks, Brett. You too. Thanks, Tash. 
experts may say the property market is cooling, but this renovator's delight is red hot. A 171-year-old home in Melbourne CBD, which is only 130 metres squared, is still in its original condition with cracks, graffiti and water damage. But that didn't deter buyers. The home selling for $1.8 million at auction this week. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday.